out because it's already gone down. She had a very Why was there latex on the floor? I don't know why there was latex on the How floor. How do you know it was latex? It looked like latex. Well, I don't know if it was latex. I think it was part of a glove, like oh. a cleaning glove or something. Okay. But I don't know how it ended up on the floor. Hi, sweet one. Did you eat Is plastic anyone, again? Like, um, ha practicing like safe uh, digital digital sex? No. <laughs> I didn't think anyone in this house was. Yeah, it's okay. We are, we've... Uh, are fluid bonded, I guess, because we both just talked about the last time we'd been tested. Well, I think, I Hannah, I think all of us in the household are fluid bonded, given the amount that we share stuff, everything. Yeah, I think sp spit is different. It kind of to an extent, to but an when extent. you share spit with somebody, then you have like their bacteria in you, so you're less yeah. likely to get ill from them. So I think it's actually very beneficial that we do that. Yeah. Um, but. Hello. Hello. And welcome, welcome to, to If It's oh. Gay We Play. A podcast where we get spooked by the cat and talk about fluid bonding. Oh, the cat's being very sweet right now. Welcome. I, I'm uh, glad she's not mad at me for sticking my entire hand in yeah, her Yeah, the mouth. cat ate plastic, as cats are wont to do. My, my name is Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Kai. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And we've got... My name is Aaron. My... Hey, hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's our producer? Producer Aaron. Oh, you know what? Hang on. We don't have to do this. Okay, testing. <laughs> oh, hey, look at that. I'm a person. Yay. Let, let's everyone talk at the same time for the first time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Mics. Oh this my is God. incredible. Wow. Very cool. This is a big uh, like, augmentation to our podcast. We're like all looking around the circle like, yes, yes. this like, is We're it. moving up this in the world, it. aren't we? Yeah. Finally, we've done it. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Hi, my name is producer Aaron on my own personal mic today. Woo. What's your pronouns, bud? He, him, his. Um, nice. great. Excellent. Fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> There's a cat tail in Kai's face. Yes. Aaron, you said you were going to have a very bold start to the show. I'm well, so excited. Implying that I, it was going to be loud I, because you asked I if our roommates were asleep. I think it is going to be loud, and I don't know if I want to do it to the, to the top of the show anymore. Okay. So I think it's just going to happen at some point. Okay. And maybe you'll say an action word, kind of like Pee Wee's Playhouse, where then I go, Oh, they saw the word of the day! Okay. I like so, that. So we're just gonna like be waiting for something just, to yeah. happen. I'm kind of yeah. nervous maybe it now. Won't even happen. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> well, I guess we'll fucking figure it out then, huh? <laughs> yep. Fucking uh -oh. figure it out. Sounds oh. like a roommate is actually. Oh, Kelsey's here. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. Um, uh, a half roommate. Oh, you're <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> um, hey, Kai. Hey, Hannah. <laughs> oh, my God, hi. Oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> What's the gayest thing you've done this week? That is an excellent question, my good friend. And uh, I think that question is so good and so apt <laughs> at this point in our society right now what that I just want to take a second to acknowledge I'm wasting time while I try to think about what the gayest <laughs> thing I've done this week is. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, nonsense, actually. Um, gosh. I think that the gayest thing that I've done this week is probably just the amount of time that I have spent being concerned about unpacking my sexuality. Uh, yes. As, yeah. it, as it grows and develops. Yeah, I was going to say, you've done a lot of gay shit this week. I've done so much gay shit this week, and I'll get more into some of the gay shit later. But, mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I am being confronted with a situation wherein I am having to be, like, what does it mean to be a lesbian? Yeah. And... And can I keep doing it, please? <laughs> I would really like to keep doing it, please. Um, and I was like, whatever. 
You and everyone's been your, like, whatever. You can define yourself however you want. Well, no, exactly. And you can do whatever you want. I mean, words do mean things. We've talked about this repeatedly. Right, but words also, do mean things. Identifiers but also, mean personal things to every individual person yes. who has one. And I tend to think that if there is a community that I feel bonded to, some may say fluid bonded to. Ew. Um, I would say I'm fluid bonded I've to lesbians. I've never heard this term before. Oh, really? I've it's never. actually a very positive. I think it's possibly queer in origin, fluid bonding. Yeah, I've never heard straight like, people talk about it. I've never heard it. straight people talk about it, but it's like when you exchange bodily fluids with a person, then you are fluid bonded to them, and that is like related to safe sexual practices mm-hmm. um, because that means that you like trust that other person and you know that you're not going to like get an STI from them, right. but then you have partners that you're not fluid bonded to who you use protection with, mm-hmm. and then that's like another thing. So Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's all yours. Take it yeah. if you want. Like if you have multiple partners, you're not necessarily fluid bonded to all of them. So, but right. you, one of your partners, you may be fluid bonded with. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you don't necessarily. More, yeah. yeah. So you don't necessarily need to use protection because you've both been tested and you know mm-hmm. where you're at. And then instead of using protection, you just exchange bodily fluids yeah. essentially. Um, what every, was I saying? Everyone should practice safe sex. Yes, with please. People who you don't know. Yes. With any people who you do know, even yeah. sometimes, yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah, but be practice safe. safe sex. Be cool. Um, communities mm-hmm. that you're a part of, I I tend to think of identity more as like we've talked about this before. I know that sexuality wise, I am bisexual, mm-hmm. but I identify as a bisexual lesbian now or have previously because I consider myself a part of the lesbian community. So Uh, there we have it. I am gay, and I did that this week. Okay, great. Thank you. (laughs) Hannah. Yes, Kai? What is the gayest thing that you've done this week besides the outfit that you are currently wearing? Yeah, I'm wearing a skeleton onesie. Aaron's trying to figure out how to put his microphone down. Without uh, <laughs> disrupting the entire podcast. Well, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm just watching. No, it's very funny. <laughs> okay, it's great. It's a visual comedy <laughs> that our very, listeners will not get any bit of. It's a visual comedy. Um, we on Wednesday in Denver oh, had yeah. a... Bo- we're hit by what is called a bomb... A cyclone bomb. No, it's a bomb cyclone. Fuck. Is the type of cyclone. I thought it... Whatever. Go on. It's a bomb cyclone. Uh, we were hit by a bomb cyclone, which is not to say that it was like a cool and excellent cyclone, which is <laughs> to say that it was sudden and very explosive. And very windy. And extremely windy. Um, and it looked like, it did look like there was sort of snow diarrhea splatter all over our back fence. It looked is, like that on my car, too, and then it got icy. Yeah, because uh, it's just like, there was like huge winds and it knocked over trees. Not yeah. as big winds as they were predicting, but they knocked over trees. There wasn't that much of snow accumulation. Like now, it's been really nice the past couple of days because mm-hmm. it's spring in Denver. It was yeah. like a true spring blizzard where it arrived very suddenly and it was very nasty. And then, like within two days afterwards, it's pretty much gone. Definitely, but um, our area of Colorado got hit one of the hardest. Yeah, like the the town, like plains, like mountain towns and plains towns got hit like really mm-hmm. hard. Uh, but Denver got hit even way worse than like we were in Boulder the other night mm-hmm. and it got for hit. a very gay reason. For a gay reason. Um, anyway, so we on Blizzard Day, everything shut down. Like everybody's jobs. Every store was closed. Yeah, everybody's jobs who everybody who worked at a store, their store was closed. Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't already have the day off. And so all of our roommates and uh, my partner. Some partners, yeah. 
uh, and our, our roommates, all of our roommates and all of our roommates' partners mm-hmm. uh, came over, and including myself, and D- we... D- yeah. D- uh, and we um, cooked food and watched stuff all day. It was so cute, As and everyone family. was so... It was, it was very family-oriented, and one of my uh-huh. favorite things is having very nice snow days. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely think that you really get to know the core of a person when you spend a snow day with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I love the core of all of those people that yeah. were in our wonderful, toasty, warm living room. We did not lose power. We didn't lose water. Mm-mm. And a lot of other, I said three out of five of my friends lost power that day. Yeah, nobody lost water. I don't know why you thought that was going to happen. Well, because that's a concern when you live in an old house sometimes. Yeah, but it was just like that was never a problem. Well, I wanted to be safe about it. I know. He just kind of just filled a bunch of buckets with water when there was no real danger of us losing it was water. The, uh, it was the land equivalent of a hurricane was what that weather was. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so that was gay? Yeah, that was very gay. And then on the day after the blizzard... Uh, where it was perfectly nice outside. Yep, lovely. Uh, Kai and I drove up to Boulder to see a surprise Mountain Goats show. Yeah, it was Mountain so much Goats fun. We were playing a radio, live radio recording in Boulder. That was in a church. That was in an old church that is now a music venue. And we went to it. It's this podcast and radio program called E Town, which I didn't really know about. I but had no idea. They recorded in Boulder, and then it's syndicated nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's going to be one with the Mountain Goats on it. We went and saw that live, so that was really fun. It was so much fun. They played two songs that they had not released yet off uh-huh. of their new album, which and is going to be. They were bangers. Fucking fire. They were bangers. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. They're very good songs. Um, those are the gayest. I think our our snow day was very gay. It was very queer. Our snow day was very queer. I got yeah. into perhaps a two hour long discussion with Hannah's partner about queerness in our lives. Uh-huh. That was very well. Delightful. I made ravioli from scratch. Well, Hannah made ravioli. It took from me scratch. like four hours. Yeah, it took a very long time, but it was very good. <laughs> it was ravioli. very good. It was uh, it was very worth it. It yes. was just very. I mean, I'd never made ravioli before. I've never made pasta from no, scratch, which yeah. turns out is very easy. Yeah. Um. And I don't know why anybody buys pasta. I know. It's it so was easy just to make tasty. from scratch. And it was delicious. So, anyway. Yep. Sorry, I'm so sleepy. Solid audio. It's morning. I like my early morning peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I, I cannot fathom wanting to eat any, anything at 6.30 in the morning, let alone a peanut butter and my jelly sandwich. My little boy sandwich. tummy gets hungry. Oh, boy. <laughs> I hate the thing that you've said so much. I hate that sentence. That that was that was very upsetting. <laughs> You're welcome. Really I wanted to give that it's to all of upsetting. you. Um, hey Kai. Hey Hannah. Oh boy. Uh, what are you playing this week? That's a great question, and I want to. I know uh, that this is indie game no, roundup, yeah, so we're gonna like talk yeah. more specifically about that. But we got a very wonderful present from one of our dearest and most favorite listeners, Ketzer, who provided me with the ability to get the game. Uh, Mages of Mistate, Mist, I always put an R in it, Mistralia, yeah, and, and I put an R in there because that's what it's, it is, but I always forget that there's an R in it. So you put um, an R into a word where there is an R. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, you don't, it sounds like you don't forget that there's an R in there. I do forget that there's an R in there because I almost didn't put the, the R, R in, but in. then I reminded myself to put the R in. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I've been playing Mages of Australia. Great. Thank you. Is there you. anything else you've been playing? 
Um, the only other thing that I was going to talk about that I've been quote-unquote playing is over the course of the snow day in the past couple days, I've been uh, rereading, quote-unquote playing because I've been reading a book. Yeah, it's um, not playing. You're I'm aware. Something. It's a comic book. I okay. think that applies. No, it, I mean that's it, in our wheelhouse. It's still not. You're not. I've been rereading the anthology anything. of Dice to Watch Out For, um, by Alison Bechtel, and it's it's just been very good. And I think that those comics will continue to be applicable to sapphic life and culture as as time as time continues. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Is a separate question. I'm aware, but I wanted to just talk about that. Yeah. It's it's, it's very good. Okay, I'd recommend good. it. Good. Hannah. Yep. What are you playing this week? Um, I have really only been... Did I play any Smash? I'm sure I did. You played some Smash. We, we always play Smash. Smash. And I played some Beat Saber as a workout um, and f- for fun and, and fitness. Profit. Uh, there's a new Beat Saber audio pack that came out mm-hmm. yesterday, which I'm very excited about because the like 20 songs that come with Beat Saber uh, have already started to get a little bit old, so I'm excited to have new songs. How big is the audio pack? Do you know? I don't know. Mm. But they're going to start releasing audio packs, which I'm very excited about. Uh, song updates. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Ah. Um, so I've been playing that. Um, and I have been playing, finally, going back into my backlog and playing Transistor. Yes. For Indie Game Roundup Week, which we're going to talk about uh, by the wonderful Supergiant Games. And then I beat Transistor last night and I started Pyre, mm-hmm. um, which is, I only played it for like maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. But it's so far extremely good. All their games are extremely, extremely good. Oh, yeah, I bet. Oh, Aaron, yes. What did Have you played anything this what week? What did you play this week, Aaron? Um, I've actually been, so, um, I have been playing a bit of this game called Dark Cloud. Oh, I know Dark Cloud. Yeah, I which is... That. I rented that from Blockbuster. Right, well, I remember oh. always seeing as it a, at as Blockbuster yeah, as a child. Yeah, me too. Um, you played it? I have been playing it because it was one of Dylan's favorite childhood games, and he's been playing through it. Mm-hmm. And then I pop over, and whenever we do Shakespeare things, we play that. I think we're going to do a, um... A run of the game. I'm considering attempting a Zoolander run of the game. Explain. I don't know what that means. I can only turn right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. While, that sounds like while the worst. Doing the entire thing. I, hate I can that. only turn right. That's so stressful. Um, I can list to the left. I think because I just cannot like turn. Yeah. <laughs> circularly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh huh. So yeah. I like uh, that. Watch out for that possible video content we're Excellent. talking about. Um, the logistics of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember hating that game, but it was also just like I wasn't good at video games and I hated the like wep- the fact that weapons broke down because I'd never played a game like that before and oh I was boy. a child. Yeah. Um, and now I think I would probably like it. Uh, but I remember it being really cool and being really interested in it. I just like couldn't figure out really how to play it. It's it's difficult even as an adult. Yeah, I would say for well, me, it's comforting. Yeah, it was too it was too hard for me as a kid. But I remember, yeah, I remember that game. I remember, like I said, renting it from Blockbuster. I never I saw it at Blockbuster, but I never played it. Um, neat. Yeah, neat. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you what I'm gonna be playing next week. Excellent. Okay, Aaron. What is it? Later. Oh. <laughs> 
Fuck you. Okay, great. So I have a uh, quick smash cut update. Smash cut update. About smash. About, because here's the thing. We keep having listeners write in about their opinions, about their hot takes on Super Smash Bros. Who's queer and who is less queer. Yes, Um, disagreeing with our uh, well-thought bracket. Adding to our well thought uh-huh. out bracket, it depends. Uh, so Marquez conceded your points. Uh, Thank you. He said you made some very good points. I know I'm right. And our our wonderful listener Ketzer has some uh, shout outs to some queer qualities that didn't get mentioned. You know, we only had so much time, folks. Just give us some credit. And we also <laughs> used random seed. Yeah, we did use random seed, and I did it year. in perhaps ten minutes. Yeah, maybe next year we'll do it again. And yeah. We'll We'll create the bracket from the well, bottom. We'll do up. a different game, but yeah, yeah, I think that'd be smart. Or we could just do Smash again, but we create. I mean, there's going to be more we'll characters see. by next year. Oh, that's year. true. Okay, so uh, point number one Mewtwo in the games is classified as genderless, though Ketzer does say that it's specifically in regards to breeding. Yeah. Uh, well, because so, there's only one Mewtwo. Well, yeah, exactly. The thing about and it's the created thing, in the thing about the legendary Pokemon is all of them are considered to be genderless, mm-hmm. and I find that to be very invigorating. Um, <laughs> In a lot of ways, yeah. because uh, the the fact that like Pokemon, the the such powerful Pokemon are genderless, uh-huh. I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it's because of the fact that yeah, you can't breed your Mewtwo with a Ditto and then get another Mewtwo because that's cheating. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. So Mewtwo's can't breed or whatever. Um, but well, yeah, because again, there's only one Mewtwo in the world. But I, yes, exactly. But I do lab. think that it is pretty queer to be the only one of your kind in the world uh, and also not have a gender. Yes. Oh, that's extremely queer. Yes. I enjoy that very much. I also enjoy that. I've always enjoyed Mewtwo. Pokemon. Oh yeah. Two thousand was one of the best films of all time. Yes, thank you, Hannah. It is one of the best films of all time. Continues uh, to be. No, so. that's Pokemon. Sorry, that's the first Pokemon uh, movie, which is Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back or whatever. Oh, are we Mewtwo's Revenge? About? That's the first movie. Yeah, yeah. And then Pokemon. I thought 2000- we were just going on a different tangent. No, uh, okay. that's the one with Mewtwo in it. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one, Pokemon two thousand, is also. All of them are bangers. Fucking fantastic. So I've only po- really seen the first two. Pokemon Mewtwo's Strikes Back Revenge, the second sequel to the first Pokemon no, movie. No, that is the first I know, Pokemon I'm just, movie. Okay. I'm just doing a bit. Please just bear with me, please. <laughs> no. Um, fine. Hi. Uh, one of one of my favorite scenes in that film is when Pikachu cries yeah. when Ash is dead. Yeah. And the other thing is I love the choice for voice acting for Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um. And I and I just I love it. I love it. It, it makes me so truly, happy. It is a truly excellent film, and I find myself just like thinking about it sometimes. Oh yeah, and getting emotional. You should watch that. Like I get kind of choked up thinking about both of those movies. It was one of the first times I believe, except for like The Lion King, that I cried in a film. Oh yeah, it might be the first time I cried in a film. Um, Are you I, telling me that you did not cry when Mufasa died? Uh, I don't remember. I saw that movie for the first time when I was maybe when I think before I was able to form memories. Well, fine. Um, <laughs> hi, Tori. Um, uh, yes, and the second in Pokemon Two Thousand, when um, fucking Lugia like sings the song, and all the Pokemon come from all over the world to yeah. like, save the day because the legendaries are fighting. Ah, I know it's so it's good. So good, dude. Holy shit, dude. and Lugia's song is so good. I fucking love the Pokemon movies. We gotta watch those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very good. I think I have them on DVD. I have them all on VHS or DVD. You don't have them on DVD? Not here, but I have them like at my parents' house. Oh, okay. I can go get them. Um, you got to call Mari your parents' house, dude. 
well, they're going to move eventually, and then I'll have to. Well, yeah, but you should just do it. I mean, I've been you doing it already. There's nothing things. in my old bedroom. It's just there's just some DVDs. Um, um. So second point is uh, Mega Man. Okay, hold on. Isabel. Isabel, uh, because she can control time, apparently. Isabel can control time. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I need a source on that one. I, because in, I have, I've played a lot of Smash against Isabel, and not one time have I seen her control time. And I've played a lot of Animal Crossing, and I don't know if she can control time in Animal Crossing. I need, Ketzer, we need a, we need, what do you mean by that? Because we, we need a source on that one, because I just patently don't agree, because I have not seen any evidence of. um, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Wow, that sounded weird. I need to talk to the front of the mic. I'm looking that up right now. Yeah, if you you. have the mic on its back, you could... So then I'll move on to the third point, uh, which is Mega Man... um, I realized that I knew this and then forgot it. Mega Man's a robot. Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew that. I kind of knew that, but then forgot it, and now I I know it again. I forgot, but Mega Man is indeed a robot. But Rob, I gave acknowledgement... To, to being a robot. To being a robot in Mega Man, I did not. And I sincerely apologize for that because it is queer to be a robot. Yeah. It is queer to be a robot with very strong punching arms yes. and a very sensible helmet. What is Rob from? Rob, I believe, was the little robot that lived on top of one of the old Nintendo systems. I'm going to look it up. I'm pretty sure Rob is true. stupid and bad, and I want to know where it, they come from. Uh, Are we going to take a little quick break in this podcast no. here? Uh, Rob, released as the family computer robot in Japan, is an accessory for the Nintendo Entertainment yes, System. Yes, that's what I suspected. Yeah. Uh, it had a short lifespan with support for only two games, which comprised the robot series. Uh, portraying the Nintendo novel toy. Uh, okay, so it was just like a lame robot that nobody really bought, is what yeah. it sounds like. So why... Why is he a playable Smash character? Because it's campy to bring back some lame shit that nobody liked and then yeah. throw, throw it in a game. I guess. <laughs> Oh. Aaron, any update? <laughs> any updates on Isabel and time? He's still looking. Um, were those all the smash dates? Those were all the uh, smash, smash counterpoints, smash cuts, smash dates. Yeah. Um, I thought you were gonna give us actual updates about like characters coming out for no, Smash. No, no, oh, I okay. don't have any of that information whatsoever. I'm yeah. not a gaming journalist. I mean, you could find that out easily just through reading articles i'm sure i mean i don't think there's any new information about that yet uh but there are the like north american smash open is i think it happened yesterday oh did it or today <sighs> the like super smash ultimate north american open ha- is happening either has happened recently or is happening as we speak as we speak wow shoot um, I have always been so impressed with the moves that those folks are able to master. Oh yeah, um, like uh, like all the stuff with Fox and his like down B move. I think that's so cool. It's called like a uh, wave dash or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's so tight. I always tried to do it as a kid because I just thought that it was like so impressive. Uh, and I got some of that stuff figured out, but I instantly, upon picking up Smash again, lost all of those abilities. I just am good at Bowser, and that's it. And I just accept that about myself. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty good at Pikachu. I'm pretty good at Pikachu. There's other there's other characters that I'm pretty good at, but Bowser, I just Is am boy. capable of incredible amounts of destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, Bowser hits heavy. He hits heavy, and he's a heavy boy, and I just see so much of myself in Bowser with his little wrist cuffs and his little, little choker. His, his collar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Okay. Aaron? I'm finding absolutely no corroborating evidence that there is 
any sort of time control going on with Isabel. Now, yeah. the only thing that I could conceive that Ketzer is talking about, and God bless you, Ketzer, we really appreciate it, um, is that when you go to the town hall in Animal Crossing, Isabel gives you options to, like, do stuff with the town. I don't know if one of those options is changing the date and time. I thought that you always had to do that, like, from your DS yeah, like, like settings. settings, but it is entirely possible that Isabel lets you control the time in the town. I that I just it doesn't but sound that, like that. That just sounds like waiting. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like Aaron <laughs> has found any evidence of that. So, Ketzer, if you have evidence, please send please it send to it us. our way. But as um, of right now, I do not believe you that <laughs> Isabel can control time. We found we have found no in a cursory. Um, Google research. search. We have found no evidence that Isabel has any dominion. Please over do not take Hannah not believing you personally. She doesn't believe anybody. Well, I just don't believe anything that I don't is believe this specifically. <laughs> yes, I know. I know, Hannah. I know that that's how you <laughs> are as a person. That I has absolutely no corroborating evidence. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I can believe things that are like I don't know spiritually based but sure. i just like in a game you know it's just isabel just doesn't control time she just simply does not okay so you Unless... don't believe things with no evidence you don't believe things with uh emotional evidence that's not true <laughs> that's not true no it's not true don't misrepresent me on our podcast I'm sorry i'm just trying to tease you just give me this. i know but the podcast audience doesn't know that all right fine <laughs> Tabletop Potluck is a diverse actual play podcast showcasing the wide world of pen and paper role-playing games. Whether you're an experienced player or a newbie, you're welcome to sit at our table and see what we've brought to the potluck. Tabletop Potluck is one of our favorite podcasts, okay. and they have previously been guests on our show before, and we just love them very much, and we're very excited that they're in our lives. Um, I think that if you like any sort of like pen and paper role-playing games, or you're gay... Or you're both of those things, you should probably check out this podcast. Uh huh. I wrote a little jingle for them. Tabletop potluck, it's also a podcast. We think that you'll like it a lot. Hooey! Yeehaw! Welcome to In the Game Roundup Week. Oh boy, that was not what I expected when I when I wanted us to do a howdy. Uh, howdy, y'all. I love it, though. We are, howdy. We're, we're riding out into the indie game fields to um, round up those indie games for you and bring them home to pasture. Oh, boy, am I excited to talk about these indie games with you, Hannah. Yeah. If that's the way that we're going to be talking about these <laughs> bad, bad boys. So oh, no, but They're very good games. No, they're very good games. It's just they're Bad, bad boys. You know what I mean? You know uh, what I'm yeah, talking I about? I yeah. yeah, I guess. I don't um, know that things are more bad boys than others. Perhaps. So um, I looked up... <laughs> things are either bad boys or they aren't. All right. I, I don't think them. it's a binary. I, Hannah. I guess maybe it is. Things are either bad boys or they're not. Was that the bold thing that you've just done? <laughs> it's just a... It is related, but it is not the bold thing itself. Oh, no. Okay, great. There is a bowl on my screen, though. Oh, a a bowl d thing. I see. Oh. I see. <laughs> that's I see. Solid. That's a solid bit. Um. Is it? No. So, <laughs> Hannah, uh, to continue. 
the discussion. Um, I actually, uh, because I knew that I would never play Transistor, um, because I've been watching enough of you play it that, like, I knew I wouldn't play it. I did look up the story of Transistor and read all about Transistor and, like, its process of everything. And we watched the end of the game together last night. Um, I, like, put down my game and was just staring intently at the screen because it is such a gorgeous game with mm -hmm. such a beautiful story. Um, so I'm very open to talking about that with you to whatever extent that we feel comfortable talking about. Okay, Some great. spoilers. Okay. Cool. Um. So I guess I'm going first then. Yeah, please. I okay. would love to hear your thoughts on the game. Uh, I played Transistor, finally. Again, from my my backlog. Uh, I've owned Transistor since, pretty much since it came out. When uh, was that? 2014. That's uh, a long time. That's five years. It, it is five years. Uh, Bastion, Supergiant's first game, came out in 2011. Oh, wow. And uh, so with Transistor, I bought it like... Right around when it came out, because I love Bastion. I've always loved Bastion. Bastion is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I've played it so many times. I love everything about it. Um, I own it on Steam, and I own it on Xbox. Um, I own it on my 360, though. Um, and I will probably, next time it goes on sale, I'll probably rebuy it for the PS4. Just because. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, so Transistor is the second game from... Supergiant Games. It came out in 2014. I bought it right around when it came out. But on my old laptop, it, like, just wasn't playable. Like, my old laptop, for whatever reason, just, like, some games were completely unplayable. Some mm -hmm. games it ran great. It was a MacBook Pro. Um, and some games it ran great. Like, Borderlands 2, it never had any problems with, and mm -hmm. it ran it seamlessly. Um, but, like, I tried to play Assassin's Creed 2 on that game, and it was so, like, jerky... Uh, and so, um, like, there was so much lag that I couldn't play it, and that's huh. how it was with Transistor. <coughs> Again, it played Bastion fine, so I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah, that and Assassin's was... Creed 2 is not, like, a notoriously high-quality video game. No. There were just some games, some games with fluid movement that it loaded fine, and some games with fluid movement that it just wouldn't play. Apple. Uh, Apple. Um, and so Transistor was one of those games, so I didn't play it at the time, and then when I got my new laptop, I was like, oh, I can play these games now, but I didn't really play any money games on my new laptop, because it's very, very small, mm -hmm. and not good to, it's just, I can't see yeah. well enough, to, it's not pleasing to game on. Um, and so finally, it was on sale on the PS4 a few months ago, and I finally bought it, or like, I don't know, whatever, an amount of time ago, it doesn't matter. And I... Uh, finally started playing it a week or two ago um, and decided that I would finish it for Indie Game Roundup, and I did. Um, it is an amazing game. Everything from Supergiant is amazing. Uh, it's, the it's one of my all-time favorite games. Transistor? Absolutely. It's, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you can talk um, about it, too. It is... So one of the things about Supergiant games that makes them so remarkable is the music and the sound. Um, that all all Supergiant games are their soundtracks are composed by this guy Darren Korb, mm -hmm. um, who's this awesome composer who does a lot of like uses a lot of like loops and electronic elements, yeah. Um, to make these like really beautiful soundscapes that to me like fit the worlds very perfectly, um, and they all have like a a similar sound. Like you can listen to it and be like, oh, that's a Darren Korb soundtrack. Like that's mm -hmm. a, a a super giant game because um, that's most of what he's done is these games and they've they've won various soundtracks on camera off the top I had won awards for 
their oh i'm sure their scores from him um and transistor is especially like you play as a singer you play as this singer red who has through what so the the way that the game works is you the plot is revealed you we wake up knowing as with Bastion, you like wake up basically knowing nothing about what happened, and then you figure out what happened, and you figure out the plot as you play through like environmental storytelling um, and through narration. Um, both Bastion and Transistor, you are, like in Bastion, all of your actions are like third person narrated um, by this guy, by this old man, uh, voiced by Logan Cunningham, who's an amazing voice actor, um, who also voices the. Uh, when my controller talked, the, tra- the voice of the transistor mm-hmm. in transistor. Um, and a bastion, yeah, you do things, and then as you do them, they are, na- it's very, very cool. Yeah, that's When you cool. play for the first time, they're narrated by this narrator. Um, and your character doesn't really, like, speak. Like, you you learn everything about your character th- through this narrator. Mm. Um and, you, and all the other characters, like the only person who speaks is the narrator. And then in Transistor, um, it's less that way, but you you have this, you wake up, you're the singer Red, and you wake up uh, after some mysterious, um, like, violent event, and you pull this sword out of this guy, and the sword is talking to you, the sword is the Transistor. Um, and it's this, like essentially trapped spirit of this dude uh, who you knew, who talks to you. And on the PS4, there's a really cool thing where you can have the Transistor's voice come through your PS4 controller. Which really freaked me out the first time I heard it. Yeah, which is really cool because it, it, it puts you, the player, more in that realm of like your weapon is talking to you, mm-hmm. which I think is really neat. And totally. it's, it's less it's less that he like narrates what you're doing, but it's it's a little bit similar where you'll like walk up and he's like, where do you want to go? Like, we're in this part of town. Um, and that's part of how you learn what's going on. And mm-hmm. there are other voices in it because there's other characters that speak. Yeah. Part of the conceit of your character, Red, is that this, what you, th- well, this, what you believe to be this evil organization, the Camerata, uh, has killed your lover, who's now talking to you through the transistor, and has stolen your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Red can't speak for the whole game. She can hum tunes. Mm-hmm. She can't, like, sing. But you hear, you, like, in these sort of, like, flashback memories, almost, you hear her songs, which are these gorgeous oh, songs. Yeah. Um who uh, the voice of Red is Ashley, I want to say Johnson. It's Ashley something. And she is also the voice of Zia in... So in Bastion, the only time other characters, you hear the voice of other characters is through songs that they're mm. singing when you come across Oh, I love them. that. Um, which is very, very cool. And again, how like music factors into these worlds. Like All super giant games take place in these really amazing worlds. Like these really unique and well-written stories and like very well-built worlds um you really inhabit the world of whatever game you're in because because of part of the way that it's revealed to you and like you the player sort of organically discover this world as it is new to you but also just like through like every element seems so well thought out um, which is how all like world building should be, right? Like there, you should know the answer. You, as the author, should know the answer to every question about your world. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, you, you get the sense of that in these games. That's um, awesome. That there That's... is nothing that they don't know about how they've built this world. I feel like not as many video games uh, 
do the like literature thing of having an explanation for everything because some of it is just like well this is a game mechanic that's in other games that we thought was cool that we wanted to use or like this would be a fun interactable for the player and it's Mm -hmm. not really uh explained or justified my guess is that the particular um, mechanics that they have in Transistor probably haven't been seen since some game that was ahead of its time back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Um, because it's such a simple conceit, which is that you can combine different abilities together mm-hmm. um, to give new effects. It's kind of like a pedal board with music almost, mm-hmm. where whatever order you put the effects on top of each other determines what exactly it does. Mm-hmm. And switching that and experimenting with different combinations can completely change the way battles go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really lets you find your own play style. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that. And also, to speak to your world building thing, the fact that each of those abilities is actually another person mm-hmm. from the digital world that you have uh, absorbed through your sword, their data, and they come along with you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you are also saving these people and bringing them with you in this dying world that is being eaten by this virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Very neat. It is very neat. Um, and to that point, like the different combinations that you put, <coughs> excuse me, the different combinations that you put these abilities in uh, allows you to learn more about that character. So oh. you have to like equip them differently for it to be like, there more information of theirs to be revealed. Um, and that's how you learn the story of each character. Oh, wow, that's so cool. And, and that story also informs the rest of the world. Like, there are people who are sky riders and, mm-hmm. and do art through the weather and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and you, yeah, you learn that eventually everything was just a sunny day all the time because that's what people voted on. There's, mm-hmm. like, a democratic decision mm-hmm. on, the on the weather and stuff like that. Yes. There's just so many, like, little neat moments that I never felt. They do the collectible right mm-hmm. in that game. Because it never feels like this cheap thing I'm doing for an achievement. It mm-hmm. feels like it's actually something I desperately want to read to figure mm-hmm. out what's going yeah. on. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it gives you incentive. It, not even incentive, but it's like, as you collect these things and as you play, like, the way that you play informs how much you know about the world. I and love like that. how much story. So, like, <clears throat> also, like, Supergiant games also have enormous replay value. Like, that's part of why I've played Bastion so many times. Mm-hmm. Um is because there's sort of different ways you can play it. And Bastion also has a, there's a big choice you can make at the end. There's two different endings you can get. So you kind of have to play it at least twice. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a very rewarding, like new game plus uh, mechanic in Bastion. Um, It looks like there was one in Transistor mm -hmm. too. Yeah, totally. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, And, yeah, so there's a, there's an element of choice in these games usually, and there's an element of like Pyre so far is like almost entirely choice based, and Pyre oh, wow. is very different. But I'll talk about that in a second. Is it time time choice based? Like, do you have a time no. limit? Okay, cool. No, then I can play it. Yeah, it's a point and click adventure game. Amazing. With a different co- with except in the combat. Um, it kind of reminds me. Well, ta- I'll talk about Pyre in a second. But uh, yeah, Transistor is is extremely good. Um, like I said, enormous replay value, uh, amazingly well fleshed out world, very beautiful aesthetic. The aesthetic is very like Art Nouveau. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, which I love, very like Alphonse Mucha, um, which is like one of my favorite art aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like the like sort of style of this world has a sort of like 
twenties, thirties style to oh, it. Yeah. Like there's a very like like all the characters that you see are really like elegantly dressed in this way. Um, so it's sort of this like retro futurist sci-fi, um, like very much future based. It's also unclear whether this because you're in this digital world. It's unclear whether this digital world exists entirely digitally or if like. It's a sort of San Juan of Paris situation where all these people are plugged into it. Like, oh, like I compared it to at the end. Yeah. yeah. That's never really addressed and it doesn't really matter. No, definitely this, not. This world exists digitally. Um, and with a very, very unexpected and beautiful ending, like at the very, very end, you are not in control of your character's actions. The ending just happens, mm. which I think is really interesting and beautiful because yeah. you're kind of sitting there. There's something that happens where you're, you as the player, I as the player anyway, was kind of sitting there like, no, I want to stop this. I don't want this to happen, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of, you are, it's almost like you are playing the, st- like the story is happening to you. You don't decide the story as much in Transistor. I like um, that though. Which I is like also, that in some also the case in Bastion. But yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, it's gorgeous. You, I know I tell you this like every day, Kai, but you absolutely need to play Bastion. I know, Bastion I really will be getting on that one soon. one of the best games ever made. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, you watched me play Transistors, you probably won't, but it's no, very I worth playing if you, it's very, it's just very worth playing and experiencing for yourself. Yeah. Because there's, you missed a lot of like really gorgeous No, I definitely know too. that. Like as a person who just read the story and thought that the story itself and like the, the bit part of it that I got to experience was really nice and gave me a lot of context for the stuff that you were doing as I was watching you do it because... When I first sat down, when Hannah first, like, had started playing Transistor, I, like, watched her for a second. I was like, hey, what's going on? And you told me, like, a set, a bit, and then you're like, I'm not going to fucking tell you anything else. And I was like, okay. Well, I was like, I'm not going to sit here and explain the entire game to you. Which um, is ridiculous. That's all that I want from anyone ever I'm just is not for gonna to do explain that. the entire game It's like when somebody starts watching a TV so show with you midway through, and you're like, I'm not going to explain the entire plot to I you. do that for people. So that's why I sat I down and read the Nobody story. Nobody that. Because um, it's obnoxious. And uh, I think that it's a fun experience that's why I sat down and read the story so I could get some sort of an idea of what you were doing and I thought the story was really well written and I think that's something that I feel like I'm missing in some games recently I think if if listeners remember my rant about open world games uh several episodes ago um I think part of that is a lot of the open world games that I'm very overwhelmed by, I feel like the story just kind of gets lost in or or is not well written enough or engaging enough for me to want to stay in in the game. Um, because Vampire the Masquerade I've been trying to beat for like weeks now and I still keep trying to beat it because I do like that story and I do want to know the end to that story. But Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I pumped like probably 25, 30 hours in and just the story was completely lost for me. I have no interest in the story whatsoever. Like, I don't, I don't care. And I hate saying that because it's a really good game and it's yeah, a really see, beautiful game. Yeah, see, I completely game. disagree. And it's very voice, it's it's very well voice acted, but like games, uh, like Supergiant games, the whole time that you're talking about Transistor, I was just really thinking about um, my new favorite games, uh, Gods Will Be Watching and the Red Strings Club by Deconstruct Team, because those are two games that are incredibly challenging, but just very well, also choice-based, just very well-done stories, just incredibly well-done stories and very good uh, soundtrack that's happening at the same time. Um, There's no no voice acting in them. It's all, like, text-based, and it's very pixelated, but it's a very specific type of pixel art uh, that kind of reminds me of, like, 1980s, like, retro games, which Mm -hmm. is really cool, but, like... 
the, the whole time that you're talking about that, I was just like, wow, that really reminds me of like the, uh, the choice-based story experience of deconstruct team games. Mm-hmm. So before you start talking about Pyre, I'm going to talk about mages of, um, Australia because, oh, yeah. um, I probably have far less to say about that than, uh, you do about Pyre even. And totally. what I want to hear about Pyre. Yep. And I wanted to just talk a little bit about Supergiant. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just take this quick to, to yep. talk about it. Cause I played maybe like an hour of mages last night. Um, and I like just started getting into it. Uh, and I had the sound off because I was listening to the transistor soundtrack. Um, but I really like the uh, the play style so far. It just kind of reminds me of like a Spyro or a Zelda game. It's it's kind of platformy. Like it it requires you to like smash pottery and barrels to get stuff out of it and like defeat enemies. You're this um, young woman named Zia who is just kind of dropped into this world, and you see. Uh, in the first 30 seconds of the game, so this is not a spoiler, mm-hmm. that she has burned down her cottage that she and her uncle lived in and got exiled from her village and then wandered out into the forest, like, sobbing. And then this asshole comes up and he's like, hey, you're a mage, I'm your mentor now, do it or die. And then you're like, okay, I guess. So you go to his place and then he's like, okay, go out into the forest and figure out how to be a mage. And I'm like, what a, what kind of a mentor are you? So then you find this book and then you get your spells and you get to do a bunch of really fun spells that I very much like. Um, it just requires like, uh, like it's a lot of puzzle based challenges as well. Um, I have yet to really get into the story, but the, uh, the lore seems interesting because there's, it's kind of like Dragon Age where there's these mages that are like hated by the populace Mm -hmm. and like have to survive on their own and stuff and have these really powerful magical abilities. And you're like just a young person who's figuring out how to do that. And, uh, yeah, I have, I have yet to really get into the story or get invested in any of the characters, really, but I think that the gameplay is just very engaging and fun so far. Um, I was just really struck by the the creativity of one specific puzzle that I was struggling with for, like, five minutes. Uh-huh. Um, I was just trying to figure out... That one's mine. Um, I was just trying to figure out uh, what how I was going to like get past this door and beat this level and it I was not able to do it until I solved it accidentally and I was like oh that's fucking ingenious like that was so good I was just I was just quite impressed with them with some of those challenges so it looks like it's going to be a very like uh engaging platformer that if I were to like get like on the bus or something with you like uh when you're playing Crash Bandicoot for the Switch um I don't know if you took that place you took that to my surgery actually mm-hmm. took it to the um, hospital took it to the hospital that's another place you could take this game it's just kind of like a uh, uh so far quite lighthearted like easygoing like platformer that is just fun it was 20 bucks which is which is not bad for probably a little bit of a longer like platformer game like that and I think that that is quite worth your money because one of my favorite things that indie games are doing right now is kind of returning to the platformer Mm -hmm. which I feel is currently um being a little bit uh over over exaggerated the amount of detail that's being added to platformers these days that I just feel is sometimes uh unnecessary because there is a very simple joy to solving like a puzzle or something like that. And I think that there is still a place for games like that. And that while I think games like Breath of the Wild are like absolutely incredible and have mm-hmm. really fun puzzle elements as long as a ton of other elements, also there is also room. Also what? 
All Zelda games are really fun. Yes. Puzzle elements. I do know this. I do know this about Zelda. Uh, but also there's room for games that are like just puzzle games or whatever. So I, I'm enjoying it so far. We'll see how it continues. Excellent. So you want to tell us a little bit about Supergiant Games, Hannah? Yeah. Um, Supergiant is an American company. They're based out of San Francisco. Mm. As of 2018, they have 20 employees. Wow. 20 people make their games. That's which is incredible. fucking bananas, uh, considering the quality of games that yeah. they consistently come out with. Um, they It's started by two dudes, uh, Amir Rao and uh, Gavin Simon. And uh, who were basically just like, they were both working at EA, and then they were like, we're going to quit our jobs and go start to make the games that we want to make. Because mm-hmm, um, EA does not really let people make the games that they want to make. Yeah. So, and they were, both, they were both at EA, they were working on the Command and Conquer series. Oh, okay. And then they were like, we're going to quit and go move into a house together and make games. Uh, and so they did. And their first game was Bastion. Um, they knew Darren Korb from, they're like everybody involved in the project were just like already friends, which I think is really cool. Um, they like already knew Darren Korb and Darren Korb and Logan Cunningham were roommates at the time. And they Um, were roommates? And they were roommates. Oh my God. Um, and so yeah, everybody was just like homies who like lived together and knew each other. Uh, like Ashley, last name. Uh, who uh, is the voice of, she sings Zia's songs in uh, Bastion, and she s- sings Red songs in Transistor, um, was somebody that Darren Korb knew. So I think that's really neat that they're just like this like cool like group of friends who all love video games, who just like created a, cr- a really, really... Ashley Lynn Barrett. Thank you. Uh, created a very, excuse me, There it is. Um, uh, like a, it was a very. It seems like it was a very organic process to sure. create this creative team and to create this project. In that it wasn't like, oh, we're gonna go, you know, post things and like hire all these people and blah blah blah. It's like they just already knew each other, mm-hmm. um, and it was just like friends of friends. They had talented friends, and those friends had talented friends, and that's how Supergiant came to be. And that's my personal favorite way that creative projects come into existence is in this, like I said, this really organic man- manner um, where there's already a lot of like trust and community in the company. Um, Gesundheit. Oh. oh, wow, I saw the snot come out of your nose. No, no snot came out of my nose. Uh, I, saw, I saw a vapor... Come out of you. It came out of my mouth, but my back cracked when that happened. Oh, my. It hurt really bad. Oh, my. Um. (laughs) (laughs) A vapor came out of you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Yeah. That was my soul escaping. Thank you for blessing me. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, But, yeah, so there's just a couple dudes. They're based out of San Francisco. Uh, it's 20 people. Their website is so wholesome. Yeah. Their, like, about me section for the crew is great. Um, uh, they all, it seems like they all wrote their own bios oh. or that, uh, like, the, the main boys that Amir and uh, Gavin uh, wrote everybody's bio in this, like, really wholesome way where it's just, like, this is where this person came from, and here's how they love video games. And then everybody's bio has a little blurb at the end of their favorite games, uh, which I just think is delightful and wholesome. And I think, I didn't read all of them because it was very late at night, Yeah. but I'm pretty sure 
there, there are bios for, if not every employee, most of the employees on the website because there are so few of them. Yeah, if there's only um, 20, you might as well. Yeah. It's just, it seems like Supergiant is this very small, like, just well-oiled machine that partially functions so well because it is so small. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one lady, uh, for Bastion, one lady, oh, what is her name? Uh, I think it's Ashley Z. Hold on. Stand by. Uh, it's Ashley something. Ooh, is it Ashley Lynn Barrett again? It's not. Um, maybe it's not Ashley. I read this all at, like, Two thirty in the morning. God bless and so you. I was very sleepy. That might be why you're so offended at me getting up early. I'm just offended at, by the concept of people being up that early who do not have to immediately go to work. Like if you don't have a reason to be up that early, the fact that you do, I think, is unwholesome <laughs> and inhuman, uh, and I hate it. Listen, you've called me an alien for a lot better reasons before. I just people who, yeah, people again, people who willingly wake up that early in the morning without a reason to are not to be trusted. Uh, what is her name? I'm on the website. Darren Corbis Music. I already said that. Gen Z. Um, Gen Z by herself did all the art for Bastion. What? Which is fucking remarkable. And then by the time the next game's rolled around, now she like directs an art team, mm-hmm. but she, and she's the lead artist. Wow. That she designs all that really gorgeous art that is in that world. That's incredible. Uh, which is just so cool that, like, w- I mean, again, there's a team, but, like, Darren Korb literally makes all the music himself. Like, he's a multi-instrumentalist, and he he just does all the music. Uh, and it reminds uh, me of Aaron. It's, yeah. He's a very he's very much an Aaron with worse facial hair. Um, he's really bad facial hair. God bless him. Uh, and it's just so cool to me that, like, one incredibly talented person just does the music. And I've always said that like one one or two people who have their shit together is better than like a big team of people where not everybody has their shit together. Or I think one or two people who enjoy their working environment and feel healthy and like they can trust each other and have good communication is better than like a whole team of people who don't have that kind of like support in their work environment. Yes, and I'm just telling you as a person who has worked much more jobs than you, one person who knows how to do their job well is more valuable to me than five people who are sort of okay at their jobs. No, I know. I'm just agreeing and saying also like moving yeah, from EA to uh, this this more seeming like team and friend environment is just going to be better for productivity. Oh, absolutely! Just in the long run, yeah. I was not talking at all about um, about jobs in general. Jobs in general. I was just talking about yeah, community about building. Um, and for me, like like I said, like I think part of the reason that Supergiant seems to run so well is because it's so small, or like makes such good games is because it's so small. Um, and so it's just very cool to me that like one really talented dude makes all the music. Yeah. And like for Bastion, one really talented lady did all the art. Um, that was just very cool to me. That's part of the reason why it keeps reminding me of Deconstruct Team over and over again because mm-hmm. they have three folks on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, three main folks. I believe they have other folks who help out sometimes, but it's just three friends who did pretty much everything mm-hmm. for those games. And I just think that that's so cool to have such a such a healthy working environment that you're able to put out an entire very Did beautiful very wonderful video game with with so few people. That just blows my mind, you know. Uh, and it sounds like for Bat like now of course the team is a little bit bigger but 20 is still very small. Oh yeah. Uh, but it sounds like for Bastion it was pretty much like 
five or six people. It was like Amir and Gavin. It was Darren Korb. It was Logan Cunningham. It was Gen Z. It was Ashley. Last name. Lynn Barrett. Lynn Barrett. I cannot hold that information in my brain for some reason. And I think those were like pretty much like those six people. There was people. a person named uh, Kristen, um, Kristen Wilson who also provided uh, the voice of Zia, apparently. Oh, interesting. Um, and maybe that was the speak voice, although Zia doesn't speak. I'm not speak. totally sure. Uh, maybe it was like, she doesn't really, Zia doesn't really, well, maybe she does speak. But anyway, um, hi, little one. It's just very cool to me that that tiny team made, I, again, what I believe to be one of the best games of all time. Sure. Made certainly one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game. I like game, like if I said before, I like games that start with Bs. I like Borderlands 2. I like Bastion. And I played those games around the same, I guess I played Bastion earlier. Yeah. But around the same time in my life. I played Bastion and Portal 2 for the first time around the same time. Mm -hmm. Like I got them on the same Steam sale, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Supergiant's just a very neat little company. A uh, very diverse team of people. I don't know anything about the, the like gender identities or sexualities of the people on the team, but there are a lot of people of color. Oh, that's great. On the Supergiant team. Uh, and always have been. Like Amir Rao uh, is a person of color, and Gen Z is a person of color, and Logan Cunningham is a person of color. Um, and there are many more, but on the Bastion team, mm -hmm. um, at least. So it's just neat. It's a, a just a cool group of homies making really, really, really good games. And Pyre was on, like, everybody's 2017 game of the year list. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, now, I have a quick question about Transistor and Bastion, which are the two super giant games that you've probably played the most of because you haven't played very much of Pyre. Yeah, I just started Pyre. Um, does does gender or, like, sexuality come into play at all in those games? Because I know that in Transistor, the main relationship is one that is conceivably heterosexual. Yeah, there isn't really a relationship at all um, in Bastion. You are the kid, and the kid uses he, him pronouns. Mm -hmm. And uh, Zia uses she, her pronouns. And then there's, oh, what is his name? The other guy. Fuck. And there's there's two other characters, and I can't remember either of their names right now. Mm -hmm. There's the old man who's the narrator who uses he, him pronouns. And then there is the other guy. Whatever. Z I want to say Zool, but that's definitely not it. But it's, um, he's got a one-syllable name. Cool. And he, so uh, there are only, as I can, that I can tell, binary genders represented and sexuality doesn't really come into play, at least in Bastion and Transistor. Like, in Bastion, there really just isn't sexuality at all. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in Transistor, the main relationship is conceivably heterosexual. Um, it is sort of secondary to the plot, and it isn't, I would say. Um, but yeah, so not really. There's not really a diverse diversity of, of gender and sexuality in the characters of the game. But also, like, for me, because relationships don't really, like, aren't really a factor in the game uh, very much. Like, it, it, I don't find it bothersome, I guess. Um, like, of course, I would like to see more of that. I don't know about Pyre. I don't know if you're able to, like, do romance or build relationships in Pyre. I guess I'll find out. Mm -hmm. um, in Pyre, you are able to sort of choose your player character gender at the beginning. Um, How many options do you got? I think you only have two. Uh, it said, I just went with uh, she, with she, her, 
Like it's it says something like the it, this is like in the very beginning of the game yeah. where like you are in this desert and you're happened upon by these three other you're like exiled from the society and you're ha- happened upon by these three other exiles. And the exiles, the like text is the exiles assume you are female. Click to change this. And so I just I kept it. I didn't like click to see what my other options were. Um, but I imagine that there are only two options. I'll look into it when I play it. Yeah, there's only two characters, or there's only two uh, sets of pronouns for characters that I've encountered thus far mm. in the game, which are he, him, and she, her. Darn shame. It is a darn shame. So that is the one The one thing is that I do, Supergiant games don't feel uh, particularly queer sexuality-wise. They definitely feel queer like storytelling-wise and that they all tell stories in really non-traditional and inter- mm-hmm. interesting ways. Um and yeah, so they could be queer. They're not very queer, but they're extremely good games, and you should play them. Working on it. <laughs> I was saying you, the listener. Oh, I mean you, Kai, should play them for yeah, sure. Yeah, also. Uh, but uh, you, the listener, should play them. They're very like plot-wise. At least Bastion and Transistor are fairly railroaded, so you'd like them. And it's a railroaded yeah, yeah. is the word you said. Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. railroaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really beautiful. It's story to experience, and you get to experience it um, without having to worry about any open world elements. Now, might I ask, mm-hmm. uh, is is the combat in Transistor like the combat in Bastion? No. Very okay, different great. combat. I hate the combat in Transistor, and that is part of the reason why I know that I will never play it. Uh, it's fun. It's like tur- It's like semi-turn-based, but I don't also not. like it. Oh, okay. I mean, you haven't played it, so how do you I know? I do not like the way that it looks. Well, you should play it and find out. Maybe. I, I just don't want to have to waste my time doing something that I wouldn't enjoy. Well, you uh, might enjoy it is what I'm saying. I don't think I will. Thank you, though. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to play Transistor. But I am very excited to play Bastion, and I'm very excited about the fact that Supergiant Games is like an indie developer that's just out there making games. Because something that I've been thinking about as we've been approaching Indie Game Roundup Week is um, Polygon just put out this wonderful article, article about how uh, hard and stressful it is to be an independent gaming developer and how it's almost absolutely impossible to break into making video games and how there are very few like um, good self-publishing. Would you mind closing that door behind you, Aaron? Uh, good self-publishing avenues. Thank you so much. Uh, because Steam is just having some real fucking bullshit lately. Yeah. And it's just like, um, depending on the identities of the developers involved, you will receive a lot of hate from the community Mm -hmm. uh, just in response to your existence and making games. Just with, you know, ever since the whole Gamergate thing, like, anyone who's not a cis straight white man is just kind of really viewed as like the enemy or bringing the uh, the PC police or whatever Mm -hmm. to the party. Which is just a which is just a darn shame. So anyway, like I went on a little bit of a tangent, but like uh, I I, th- I just think it's really uh, valuable to be bringing attention to independent game developers because mm-hmm. it is really important that independent game developers are able to continue making and forwarding their games because it's going to be exactly like the any other um, uh, media industry wherein the the big developers of like films are going to make the same movies over and over again because they keep selling and we're not going to see anything new. Uh, and the new things that we're going to see are kind of come very slowly, but like independent films are just like 
doing absolutely incredible, fun, new shit that's really valuable, like, to us as a society. So it just, like, reminds me of video games a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Supergiant is a company well worth your time and investment. All their games are excellent, and I, just starting Pyre, I am unbelievably excited to, like, figure out more about this world. It's a very, very rich fantasy world. Um, They all speak a language, too, that is interesting because it's, I looked this up. Mm -hmm. Um, Meow, meow, meow. It is a fictitious language they created for the game called Saurian. Oh, wow. Um, But it takes influence from Latin as well as several other Western and Eastern languages. So it took me a minute to figure out because I thought there are words that they say that are Spanish or like like they sound Spanish or Italian or Portuguese Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, that it took me a minute to be like, are they speaking Portuguese? No, they're speaking Spanish, and I should understand this. No, they're not. They're speaking. They're speaking like, uh, like Romanian, which is the other romance, like Latin romance language. Um, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I just looked it up, and it is a fictitious language, but it's sound. It's very cool because they said they wanted to, it to sound like an old world language, and it does because it's it's it sounds like a bunch of languages that you can't quite place your finger I on. I love and that. that's really, really neat. I always think that's so impressive when creators make their own language for a thing. That blows my mm-hmm. fucking mind that you can just do that and then yeah. put it in a thing. Especially a language that sounds so authentic. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... I mean, not to say that, like, Elvish doesn't sound authentic, but it just doesn't... It doesn't sound like a... Like a oh, well, this is a high fantasy language. Like, it sounds like something... Where you're like, if you speak any of these languages, you're like, I should be able to understand this. And there's certain words that you can, but it's mm. it's just really neat that they invented a language that sounds so familiar to the yeah. ear. Um, yeah, Pyre's really neat. And I knew it was going to be, I'm just like, not that there's like a continuity to them, I just wanted to play the, the games in the order that they came out. Well, no, sure, so that I, means you get to see how the game development has changed mm-hmm, over the years totally. and like how Supergiant has grown like mm-hmm. in quote-unquote real time, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. And their next game, Hades, is about to come out, which Ooh. is going to be a, a roguelike I've uh, looked into that action-adventure game. game. I want to play it. And it is in early release right now, and then it's coming out at some point soon so hopefully i will have played pyre uh, by the time that i play yeah. hades um but uh yeah i would follow them to follow them to the ends of the earth i'll play any game that they release absolutely incredible uh but that's i think we're getting to the point of wrapping up aaron didn't interrupt us this whole time for anything so i'm Sekiro! Uh huh. Who couldn't be more excited? This boy. This boy could not be more excited. <laughs> Last night, it hit me while I was dancing at the club, bumping and grinding with all the young honeys. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got a little update on my phone. It went, pew! It comes out next Friday. I said, pew! I gotta leave. And then I. Uh, Watched videos in the bathroom drunkenly at the high dive cool. for like thirty minutes. Oh no! You took the of the bathroom for thirty minutes. No, it's it's a it has multiple. I it just has sat two stalls. I just, That's why I'm saying. I just no. I just stood in there because it was oh, quiet. Okay. I wouldn't literally. Sit I thought on you were okay. sitting in the stall, just like wow. These I was videos like, it has two stalls. I mean, I did. I did. I did also poop. Yes, <laughs> we guessed that. Yes. Yeah. But then you just stood in the bathroom. I did make the bad stuff in there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, no, I can't be more excited about this game. Um, so I, you know, I hope that we can uh, play this yes. and uh, and discuss it in the future. It just looks really, 
really cool. There's a part with a giant snake that like that. hunts you yeah. through this. There's just a lot more um, cool combat coming out of this game than out of Dark Souls, I think. Mm-hmm. So I I'm love just, that. Um, very excited. It also has stealth elements and an actual storyline. Like it's focused on narrative. The one thing keeping me away from Dark Souls has yeah, finally well, this been one, revoked. Yeah, this one actually is going to have a storyline. I don't know if it's going to be good. But yeah, Regardless, I'm sold. Right. I don't know. It just looks really neat. You play a uh, a warrior who lost his arm and then has it replaced by a a potter, like a ceramics maker. Oh, cool. And so you kind of have like a like a. Um, like a Boon Raku puppet arm, cool. basically. And then it can, like, it's magical and also cool. has, like, little gadgets and stuff on it. Cool. It looks really dope. I love that. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, and also, you don't really, like, hit health bars in this, this game. They wanted to focus on the fact that, like, um, like, basically, if you hit somebody once, you kill them. Mm-hmm. It's all about, like, knocking them off balance so you can get in there. Oh, and do wow. That. Interesting. That sounds incredible. Yeah, and they got rid of the multiplayer because they didn't want people... Um, trolling each other anymore they just wanted them to play the, the game which oh, i really good. appreciate yeah i bet you do yes. <laughs> after years of getting trolled on dark souls uh-huh uh-huh anyway i just want to throw that out there before we wrap up thank you aaron i appreciate yeah. you sharing i'm very excited about the game and i'm very excited about you watching videos of the game in the club uh-huh yeah i'm also watching it right now i haven't been able to stop it uh, just looks so good 24 yeah, 7 really aaron has been good. watching videos it's gonna be really 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 good Aww. there's a cat Tori, what are you playing this week? Everyone shoves their microphone at Tori. Excuse me, miss. She's such a Fascinating. quiet cat. <laughs> Hold on, somebody sick, somebody sick their microphone at her again. Except Tori. when she yowls. God damn it. Nothing. Uh, sorry, I just had to get a picture so we could post it on our social so, media. Okay, you don't have to apologize because I'm going to cut that whole part out. Yeah, I figured you fucking were. Tori um, is either extremely quiet or extremely or loud. Extremely girl. loud. I love her. She's our very girl. opinionated. She has a lot of feelings and thoughts, and she needs us to know about them immediately. At maximum volume. At eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. Hi, my sweet love. So anyway, <laughs> to wrap up, to wrap up, to the wrap show, this podcast. Thank up. you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on social media. This has been Indie Game Roundup Week. Uh, we've brought the indie games home to roost. And um, that's more farm terms. Um, and <laughs> so go listen to more of us. You can find us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gay Gamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. You can find you can email us at if it's gay we play at gmail.com. Yes, we um, respond to your emails and we love them. Mm-hmm, which is where uh, we found out about Ketzer's hot takes and their wrong Other hot, hot take about Isabel controlling time. I believe that Ketzer will have a very good explanation. I d- okay. I just I don't know if I'll agree, but I want to hear their explanation. Fine. Um, and uh, you should like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, you should subscribe to our podcast. You should download our podcast. If you would love, to, if you would throw us a rating and or review, we would love that. Love it. Would help it. us get more traction, be seen by more people, which we really want to do. 
Um, we would love to make this bigger and better always. And we have exciting things coming down the line. Mm-hmm. We just are very excited to be doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. We are uh, almost at our one year mark. Yeah, we're very excited. Which we is might ex- have a special episode or something. Yeah, who knows? Um, which is extremely exciting. And we love you. And thank you for supporting our thing. Tell your friends. Yes, Tell the and internet. also check out our Facebook and Instagram this week. Uh, not not necessarily especially because it's not so funny this week. But I posted some very good, very queer uh, writers, performers, artists, and theorists that I uh, am constantly inspired by every day and think that you will be inspired by too. Um, all of the work that I have provided of theirs is available for free. And you can just read it, and you can just enjoy it. You can just learn from it. And basically, that was my entire college education. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can just get a free uh, general studies degree from the University of Denver, basically, if you Excellent. look at our eight posts from this week. Excellent. Um, We're going to go now. <laughs> I have Hold to go on. to piano lessons. Aaron oh, has got to go to piano lessons. No, never lessons. mind. I can't put out any advertisements for Shakespeare because that's happening. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the Denver out. area... This episode will have already come out by the time the Shakespeare stuff happens, but we're opening the Tempest this weekend, and it will continue for several mm-hmm. weekends. So next, uh, look up, go to Facebook, look up uh, wit.shakespeare, and you can find out where we're going to be when then. Yeah, you may I'm see. I'm not in the Tempest, but. You, you may see me Aaron. and Hannah there patronizing the event, You'll and see you will see acting. Aaron performing in it. So. Oh, Tori, don't do that. Okay, we have to go, because the cat's going to rip everything up. Uh, keep playing gay. Keep being games. And fuck shit up. (laughs) Goodbye. How convenient that was. Yeah, that was so convenient.